I'm Bill Hoverston, an actor, writer, producer, stand-up comedian, and the host of But You're Not Funny, a podcast for young at heart boomers and boomers-to-be looking to live happier and healthier lives. I'm Bill Hoverston. My guest today is Linda Nussbaum. She was a two-time Emmy-winning broadcast journalist. She worked for CNN and Fox 11 before she made a midlife career change and decided to become a therapist. She went back to school, got a master's, and now she's currently based in Long Beach, California. That's a little south of LA. And she works with couples all over California. So marriage and family counseling. She's gonna help us explore sex and gender in relationships. And at the end of the podcast, we'll give her contact info. So, Linda, thanks for coming on. Hi, Bill. Great to be here with you. First of all, I just want to say what an honor it is to have you here on the show. Like, I've known you for such a, it seems like a long time. We met when we were training for the LA Marathon. Quite an experience, a life-changing event. Uh, Did that for five years. And I know talking with you, you were even back then, you were thinking of changing careers from a successful broadcast journalist to going back to school and then becoming a therapist. You've been helping out so many different groups, the uh, LGBTQ community. You've worked with the Native Americans doing running and helping to support them and fundraising. You've worked with Father Greg Boyle and the Homeboy Industries, helping ex-prisoners and ex-gang members get their lives together. So you have a a great mind and a big heart, and I just really have to commend you for the things that you do for so many people. Thank you, Bill. It's it's very uh, rewarding to help people uh, in a meaningful way, and uh, I have enjoyed that broadcast journalism to therapy, which is a fascinating change. What motivated you? I was in my own personal counseling. And then I had a sudden loss in my family. My brother passed very suddenly. And um, life as I knew it instantly blew up. I couldn't make sense of life, even though I was a successful journalist. Right. I just felt so much feeling that I'd been ignoring for so long. No feeling, just go and do my journalism job, very focused. And when I started to feel stuff, the way I approached my work changed. I was feeling people's sadness and I didn't want to report anymore. I wanted to hold them. I mean, a, an experiential shift started to happen to me. Wow. Of course, you can't really do that on, on camera. Say, let me just stop the story right now and let me hug you. But you were feeling that. You really wanted to. I really wanted to love them because I had known such deep grief that I could help people. I felt like I could help people. Wow. So it was... That was really gnawing on me, that I was less interested in being the hardcore reporter that I had been. 
and more into the heart space. And a very small voice inside me said, why not study psychology? Hmm. I actually called all my broadcast girls and asked them what they thought. And they all thought it was a great idea. I went to a graduate school and a lot of us there were returning students, people who had lived another life and then decided they wanted to be a therapist. So I didn't feel alone in my choice. It was very yeah. different from the outside world where you report. It was now an internal world where I could just grow. Here I am almost 20 years later. That's wonderful. What a great story. Kudos to you, Linda. You work with people in all kinds of relationships. Now, I've been married to my wife for 19 years. People ask how we met. Long before dating apps, I placed an ad in the LA Times and the LA Weekly, Men Seeking Women. Now they also had Men Seeking Men. Nowadays it's Men Seeking Women, Men Seeking Men, Man Seeks Man, who used to be a woman. Man Seeks Woman, transitioning into a man. Man Seeks Man, identifying as a woman. Man Seeks Other. You know, I could never do it today. Too many categories. And nowadays you swipe right right? Let's hook up. Let's have sex. Back then, you had to be more creative to get attention. So my ad read, who wears the pants? If it's you, let's talk. She liked the ad and she liked me. Mm. But when we got married, Linda, she did not like the idea of taking my name. So we went to social security and the DMV to legally combine our maiden names. But we got huge resistance from macho employees there. Mm. You know? One yeah. Of these, <laughs> it's, it's old ingrained habits, cultural habits. One of these guys was Mexican and he wondered how a man could do something so shameful as change his name <laughs> for a woman. <laughs> well, my wife, who's also Mexican, leaned in and told him, no tiene huevos. <laughs> he has no cojones. <laughs> and the guy's head exploded. <laughs> That's funny. That's very funny, Bill. Oh Thanks. You know, we're different in, in many ways, too. It's like when people say opposites attract, uh, they must have met my wife. Where I tend to be creative, she's a tough-minded scientist. So I took her to this Japanese forest bathing uh, experiential event with a flute playing and meditation and a tea ceremony right there in the middle of the forest. She lasted a few minutes. <laughs> I, re <laughs> I recently got excited to attend a group uh, from next door doing liquid ecstatic dancing. Her response, oh hell no. <laughs> And you know, sometimes we're different because of how we're raised, like, like political difference. I grew up in a far right-wing household, and my wife's father was a socialist. So I remember pulling my little red wagon around the neighborhood, passing out conservative literature, whereas her father had her marching in the streets with Cesar Chavez. Yeah, very different. You know, when we got married, we conspired to keep our fathers from meeting each other at the reception. And her father is like, Bill, 
I want to meet your father. I said, yeah, that, that, Ray, why don't you have a margarita? They're really good. Well, I already had one. Was it, you know, but we got more than one flavor. And I, I sent him one. <laughs> and honestly, for the record, we were able to keep them from meeting and talking because I was afraid there would be a fist fight. Oh, my God. Wow. You know? And nowadays, sometimes when there's a, there's a rainstorm, there's thunder, you hear the sound of thunder booming. That's them up there settling their differences. Nicely said. Nicely said, Bill. Thanks. I wondered if you could um, kind of break things down for us a little bit, like sex, gender, sexual orientation, gender identification, and gender roles. Now, that's a, that's a lot, but feel free to, to grab any of those uh, concepts. Well, I think the biggest teacher I received was when I did a documentary on the transgender community in Los Angeles. And that was very eye-opening to meet men and women who were, um, who knew that they were not born in the right place and wanted to affect their body so they would feel better about themselves. It's not just the outside that we're talking about. And when someone is in transition or someone is in the transgender community or even in knowing that they are different, it's a knowing that goes to the core. It isn't, oh, I think I'll do this. It isn't a thought. Yeah. It's a core, what is going on with me? Because it's beyond the mind. So when people have a strong drive to be themselves, I think it's something very deep. And I think what I had to learn also was that there was this one individual that I uh, focus on. He used to be a uh, firefighter and he was quite um, high up in the firefighting department. And he came in as a male, but he knew he was female. Hmm. And he transitioned and uh, was now a female, but he always liked women orientation towards who he was attracted to never changed but his body changed and so he found someone to love he loved someone they okay. were together a and woman, a woman. Mm -hmm. and so then he would joke a little that he identified now as gay hmm. so but even though he was still you can see how this is so complex. Well, he's, well, for sure, to try to wrap your head around it. He starts as a straight man and he ends up as a lesbian. Is that what you're saying? That's what happened. His journey. Right. Now, some people who I've <clears throat> also focused on were, um, they come into the world as a man as a boy, but they know that they should be a woman and then they want to be with men. 
because they're geared towards the female perspective of wanting a female's perspective of wanting a man. So that also, so you can never say just because they look this way, they're going to be this way. Right. Well, in that case, then it's starting off as a, um, a straight, wait, a gay man and turning into a straight woman. But it, in any case, it's like you said, it's very deep seated. It's not like somebody just says, hey, I think I'll become a woman or I think I'll become a man. It's there. It's already there from a very early age. Um, so when we hear, oh, somebody wants to be transgender because it's a guy that wants to be in the women's bathroom. That's as far from the truth. Honestly, that's, it, that's it, what politicians talk about. It's so, so ignorant. It's beyond my head. Okay. Because, look, most of us grow up in a world of continuum where men are men and girls are girls and or women are women. And, and we have a continuum. We want it this way so we can feel safe, especially if we're in the heterosexual, heterosexual world. Mm. But there's a whole world that is beyond that. And there's a continuum of are you do you look like a man even though you're a woman do you look like a uh, very feminine woman over here it doesn't matter we all show up how we show up runs the gamut gamut and not only how we show up who are we attracted to mm. because this is something that you know, you don't say, oh, I'm attracted to that person. Force yourself. You usually have like a inkling or a desire that comes from inside. And that's something that's very precious and very unique to each person. Okay. So you were talking about the continuum, which is great. It's, it's not an either or. There's an old joke where the guy says, well, I'm not gay, but my boyfriend is. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. There's the bisexual aspect too. And somebody could change, not only in what they feel their identity is, like you were describing, but they could also change their sexual um, orientation. Their, who they're attracted to might change over time, might include uh, men and women rather than just one. That's very true. That's very true. I've met couples that um, had a heterosexual life and then had some ideas that they were not happy and then found their happiness with someone of the same sex. That has happened, I'm sure, many, many, many times. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I was doing the documentary on the transgendered community, right. I, met, I met a man who had a uh, complete life as a heterosexual but knew he was different and then transitioned at a very, he was in his 50s when he transitioned. So mm. I, think, I think we can uh, wake up to ourselves at any age, but most people do this during mid-age if they haven't honored who they are. Is that because that's when they realize it for sure or just that there are so many uh, impediments to them claiming their, their true voice until they reach that age? I think what you said is very keen, that a lot of humans, 
when they start to get somewhere around 40, maybe a little earlier, but somewhere between 35 and 45, they start to assess that, oh, I may not get to do everything I want to do in this world. Hmm. That we start to see the, the, not the decline, but we see the end. And when we see the end, we get nervous. What, what, wait, wait, what am I going to do? Oh no, I'm scared. Oh no, what am I going to do? And a lot of people fall apart. And, you know, we have a term for it, midlife crisis, which is like ridiculous because it's very human. We fall apart because we, we haven't really got to know ourselves yet. And what we have done is we've just tried to climb the mountain. Climbing that mountain. We're just climbing that mountain. And then you get to somewhere around the mountain and you're like, what? That's it? What's up there? What's on the other side? What's going on? Or, or there's nothing here. What am I doing? What am I doing? Mm. Which most people ask, what am I doing? And you can have this midlife crisis at, at any age then, right, Linda? It's possible. I don't know if I want to even call it midlife crisis. I think it's just waking up to yourself. Okay. If you wake up to yourself and you think, what am I doing doing this? We have other voices that can tell us what we're doing. Some of us look for the outside to get guidance. Yep. But the real teacher is the inside. Because we each have a human journey that is very inspired by our, our own human journey. What is your own human journey? I don't know what your human journey is. I can probably help you look for it, but only you can decide what it is. What is right for you? What is right for you, Bill? What is inside you that needs to be expressed in this world? These are things that we start to kind of get thumping at us. And that promotes change. Well, I, in a lighthearted way, uh, told you about some of the differences between my wife and me in terms of tastes and in terms of uh, political or, you know, upbringings with different beliefs. And then also in terms of energy, like she tends to have more masculine energy and tends to be the leader in the relationship. Now, that's sort of what I guess used to be called role reversal, although things have changed a lot, it's become a lot more uh, accepted, but it used to be, time was, actually when I was growing up, that, you know, a man, a man was the, was the leader. He was the, um, he told the woman what to do. He told the family what to do. He made the decisions and, and he didn't get arguments or grief about it. Now, that, of course, that's the idealized view. And things have changed so much since then. You know, in the 50s, that's all we had. The male did this. And in other cultures, it's pretty much similar. But the 60s said, I don't want to be told how to be a human. I want to figure it out myself. And from then on, there's been ideas from all sorts of different people about, well, what is right for me? What is right for you? And we, many of us who were older, we came from those boxes. I didn't live the box, but I, but I was born into the box. This is, this is life. 
So I might have a lot of that in me, but the newer generation don't have that. They don't have that. They didn't grow up in a box. They grew up with this parent is like this, this parent is like this. Maybe I have two mothers, maybe I have two fathers. You know, you have differences. You Does have that, a lot of differences. Do you think that gives them a disadvantage? Is it better to have? I, I don't at all. I don't think we're disadvantaging anybody. I think what we're doing is we're allowing a lot more people to be more expressive. And I think that's great. Cool. There was a rule that the, um, this military school in South Carolina, the Citadel, it was all male, always. And then a court order forced them to accept women. And the head of the school was actually bewildered, not so much upset or, or angry, but he was bewildered. And there was an interview, he said, yeah, they didn't know what to do. He said, I know how to take a boy and turn him into a man, but I don't know how to take a girl and turn her into a woman. And that for me begs the question, what makes a man a man and what makes a woman a woman? Let me come back to you in just a little bit. We're gonna take a, a short break and we'll be right back. This is But You're Not Funny. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit our website, butyourenotfunny.com. And we're back. I'm Bill Hoverston, and this is But You're Not Funny, and my guest is marriage and family therapist Linda Nussbaum. So, Linda, I put you on the spot. I yes, put well, on the spot. Well, I want to I actually say something about the head of the Citadel. Yeah, please. Because that tells me he is very confident in the male world. He knows how he himself grew up and what he experienced as a young person and how he got himself into be a good young person and how he found this school to be very, very helpful for him or a school. And he has a lot of skills of how he overcame some difficulties. And that's why he knows how to guide men. Mm -hmm. He knows because he went through it. But the he didn't go through Discipline and hard work and leadership and... I think it's deeper than that. I think if you know how you guided yourself, you can guide others. So I think he's very good at that. But he didn't have any experience being uh, growing a girl. Maybe he didn't never had girls. So he was not around young girls growing up, how they become a woman, what do you teach them? He had no clue, none. And how great that he could acknowledge it. Very good. If you had a young girl that you were, I would, I would, um, what would you, you know? Well, I think the most important thing for a person growing up, male or female, you want to help them believe in themselves that they're enough because that is the biggest wound of the West. Many people in our society do not believe they're enough, believe we're flawed in some way and we have to fix ourselves. But that's not the truth. We're all enough, but we weren't taught this. So not like you have to tell someone they're great all the time, but everyone wants to feel special. And a young girl needs to know that she is enough and she can take care of herself. She doesn't have to look over here and be taken care of by someone else, that she can do her own life mm -hmm. and she has confidence in that. 
and self-respect. So those are, those are kind of the emotional issues that I think are very vital for men and women. You want men to feel also like they are able. They can do life. They don't have to be afraid. And they're strong. And they can, you know, make their way. Now, that doesn't that sound interesting that I'm talking really differently? I'm grooming a man to be a man. Because uh -huh. that's how I see it. Now, that may be very, very, very old training. Why can't I just say a human should have equal qualities? Because we live in a world that separates men and women. We do. Yeah. So you have to be able to make your way in that world. We identify early, usually early. Like, okay, I'm a guy. I'm going to follow guys. I'm going to be with guys until I get interested in girls. And vice versa with girls, you know, be with girls until I am interested in guys. Or if you're um, gay or lesbian or you're trans, transgender, then you would have a very harder way to fit in. Mm -hmm. Your way is going to change, actually. Yep. You will look for people that are like you, so you feel comfortable. That's what people do in their teens. We need peers. We need people that remind us that we're okay. It's searching. It's you're on a journey and, and you're with fellow journeyers uh, and uh, searchers and you're trying to find uh, water seeking its own, its level. There you go. That's it. Okay. Well, we got something. We got something maybe that's, maybe that's workable here. Uh, <laughs> and just, it seems whatever your difference, it could be a difference in terms of preferences, in terms of upbringing, background, uh, in terms of what your attraction is to other people, or what you feel that you are, who you are. Maybe that changes, or maybe you've known that you need to change. But in all of these variations, there may be somebody else out there that is your cup of tea. Somebody absolutely. 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 I believe that, you know, people, you know, if you want to find someone, you're going to find someone. You're going to find a person that makes you feel like you're at home. And that's the right person. That's really hopeful. That's I believe really that. I really believe that. Because I see a lot of, I work with a lot of couples and, I know they loved each other in the beginning. They absolutely loved each other. They wouldn't have gotten together. So my work is to help them remember that. Wow. That's great, Linda. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show here. You do individual and uh, couples therapy in Long Beach and all over California. And your website has some really great blogs going back a few years and videos. You have a couple books for sale. So it's, uh, it's all there. And would you tell people how they can get in touch with you? Sure. Thank you, Bill. Um, my website is counselinglongbeach, one word, dot com. And uh, I invite you to uh, take a look at what I've written. I like to write about couples and about relationships. And uh, if you need some help, I'm, I'm right here. Thank you so much, Linda. 
I'm Bill Hoverston, and this has been But You're Not Funny podcast. You can check us out on YouTube and our website, butyourenotfunny.com. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to But You're Not Funny. Please subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Bill Hoverston. You can see my work at billhoverston.com. It's been a pleasure.